This message comes from NPR sponsor StoryPoint Vineyards, maker of StoryPoint, a new wine brand who believes in the power of stories told from different perspectives. As a special offer, shipping is included in your online order. Visit storypointvineyards.com story. With recent news reports of troops being deployed to the Middle East, we are thinking about those who serve and sacrifice. It's the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm Jasmine Morris. On this week's episode, we'll hear from veterans and their families as they navigate difficult conversations around deployment and the transition back to civilian life. Ernesto Rodriguez enlisted in the Marine Corps in 2000. When he deployed to Iraq five years later, he had just become a father. And being away from home was challenging, not just for Ernesto, but for his whole family. So a few years after he left the military, he came to StoryCorps with his 11-year-old son, Sebastian, to talk about it. What was it like to go to war in Iraq? I would look forward to be sent over there because that's the Marine in me. But then I could be killed. There is a possibility of me not seeing you guys ever. Was that the hardest part of you being there? Yes, absolutely yes. Did you think about us while you were over there? Every day. When I left, you were just starting to crawl. And then when I came back, you were already walking and you didn't know me. You were completely terrified. And it was the the most difficult part of coming back. Has war changed you? That's uh, another very um, difficult question. I was hoping to talk about the things with you when you grow up. But yes, war does change you. There was an Iraqi kid about your age, and he was dead. And it could have been you. That kind of thing changes you as a person. Um... Why did you have to move into the homeless shelter? When I came back, your mom and I, we went through a divorce. And I didn't have anywhere to live anymore. How did that make you guys feel? I was um, a little scared for you. Sometimes I wouldn't know where you were. And I was, I was scared before I went to bed. It's okay, Pa. It's all right. It wasn't good, but now in the apartment you have where we like go to see you, uh-huh. I feel safer and I feel that you are safe. And I feel like you're a dad because... Um, so what I mean, does that mean? Okay, what is to be a dad uh, mean? This is in very interesting. school, um, there's like something on like what makes a dad. Like a picture on the wall? like a, No, not a picture. Like, no, no. It's a writing. And oh. it says, God took the calmness of a mountain, the warmness of a sun, and a tons of other stuff, and put it into one together and call it a dad. You're just like everything that I would possibly need. Just know that I love you, and that everything that I had done is because of you. To see you every day, to answer your questions about life, just like we're doing right now, that is to me the most important thing. Ernesto and Sebastian, 
Their StoryCorps experience opened up a conversation they'd never been able to have before. So three years later, during Sebastian's freshman year of high school, they came back to record an update. What do you remember about our StoryCorps conversation from 2016? I remember that, oh, sad sometimes because of what we talked about, but I've listened to it recently. And I was thinking about how far we've come and like things have changed so much. 2016, it was a lot of uncertainty. I wasn't even living under the same roof with you and your sister. Back then I had nothing, just hope and a relationship with the two of you. So how would you describe your life today? It's a lot more smooth. It's not as complicated. You're living with me. We have a home and a life that is settled. I get to take you to school. I get to pick you up. Not every day, but almost. It's nice because I can talk to you each night and throughout the days. I'll tell you all of my accomplishments, whether it's I did really good in school, I won an award. Every time you bring something to me that you do, that fills me with joy. So what are your hopes for the future? I was thinking of the Air Force Academy to serve the country and to become a veteran. Just remember, the decisions that you make, you have to live with them. So make sure you make decisions for the right reasons. How do you feel about your decision to leave the military? Sometimes I think how life would have been different. But when you came and then when your sister came, the most important thing to me was that I wanted to be your dad. It calms me and reassures me that as I grow older, any problems I may face, that I always have a constant to help me. All of the turbulence in my life help me to see what is really important. So I will live through you knowing you will be my contribution to the world. That was Ernesto and Sebastian Rodriguez, who now live together in Connecticut. After the break, we'll check in with another military family, who we first heard from 10 years ago. Stay with us. Hi, this is Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps. Support for NPR and the following message come from Subaru, celebrating their 12th annual Subaru Share the Love event now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Love, it's what makes Subaru, Subaru. It seems like you really like podcasts, but have you ever thought about making one? Okay, so we have a guide for you, especially if you're a kid in school and want to make a podcast of your own. Check out the new podcast from NPR's Student Podcast Challenge. Listen and share with your friends. Welcome back. Next, we'll hear from Army Staff Sergeant Papsi Lemus, who back in 2006 spent a little over a year in Iraq. And like Ernesto from our last story, she also had young children at home. After her deployment ended, she sat down for StoryCorps with her eldest, Grizz, who was nine years old at the time. How did you feel when you left? 
um, worried. I didn't know if I was ever going to see you guys again. And it was hard because when you guys got sick, I wasn't able to come home, tuck you in at night, and sing you your lullabies or read you a bedtime story like we used to. Did you see any kids there? Yes. It was kind of overwhelming because all the little kids in the town ran to the street and start waving at us, and it reminded me of you guys. Did you shoot anyone or kill anyone while you were there in the war? No, I never shot my rifle while I was in Iraq. How did you feel when I was away? I felt really sad, and Dad, he had to try to be the mom and the dad mostly, but he couldn't all the time, so he always had to have me be the mom a lot. Is there a time when you were afraid? Yeah, I was afraid on uh, mostly on your birthdays because I thought that what if you died on your own birthday and I would never see you again. And it was just hard. Was it? Yeah. How did uh, you feel when you got home? It didn't sink in that I was actually home, you know. Am I dreaming? Is it happening? And all I can think is, are they going to remember me and love me? Or are they going to hold it against me for leaving them? And then you guys just ran up to me and said, I love you, Mom, and welcome home. I missed you. I started crying, and, and that's when it got me. That was Papsi and Grizz Lemus back in 2009 at StoryCorps in Salt Lake City, Utah. It was the first time they'd ever talked about Papsi's deployment to Iraq, and they never talked about it again until they came back for another StoryCorps interview 10 years later. Papsi is still in the military, and Grizz is now 20 years old. What were you afraid to tell me back then? One of the stories that I was hesitant about sharing with you with the deployment was we stopped in Baghdad to get lunch. We were getting ready to head out when one of our guys said, oh, they have ice cream. So we had to sit and wait for him to finish his ice cream. We got mortared. It rocked the cafeteria. And when we walked out, we realized the mortar hit within 10 feet of our Humvee. And it was covered in shrapnel. So if it were not for that ice cream cone, I don't think I'd be here to interview you. And that's why every time I called your dad, I would say, I don't know if you guys are praying, but if you guys are, your prayers are being heard. What was the hardest thing to adjust to when you came back? Like not even three days after I got home, it was time to give you guys a nighttime bath. And the next thing I know, you're already giving your sister a bath. I'm like, what are you doing? You said, oh, I've been doing this for the whole time you've been gone. So that's one of the things that was hard to face. I felt like you got robbed of your childhood a little bit. Do you think I have changed after Iraq? Yes. Before, you were a lot calmer and you weren't so intense to be around. But after you got back, whenever you had nightmares, we could hear it from our room and sometimes it'd wake us up. And a person not using their blinker would make you start swearing up a storm and you'd, like, freak out. Even 10 years later, I still can't break out of it. When I'm driving or if there's a box or a pile of trash on the side of the road, I just skip a heartbeat and I'm like, just take a deep breath. There's no IEDs here. Let it go. 
How do you feel now after bringing up all of this again? There's some parts that just don't get easy no matter how many times you talk about it. And there's some stuff that we never overcome. But it's a relief to know that I can talk to you about not just the good, but also the ugly. Because now you're old enough to understand. It's not something that I have to hold back from you. And I don't have to keep secrets anymore. Has your opinion about me changed one way or the other knowing all this? I knew basic things about what you were going through, and I never held it against you, even after you got back. But now, hearing everything that you said, it just kind of puts puzzle pieces together. Like, there's a few pieces just leaning on top. Just rock it a little bit, and they all just fall into place. That's Grizz and Papsi Lemus for StoryCorps. The interviews you just heard were recorded as part of our Military Voices initiative, recording and honoring the voices of veterans and their families. This episode was produced by Sylvie Lubau, Judd S.D. Kendall, and Eleanor Vasili, edited by me, Jasmine Morris. Jarrett Floyd is our technical director. Fact-checking by Natsumi Ajisaka. And special thanks to StoryCorps producers Katie Simon, Nadia Raymond, John White, and facilitators Jeremy Helton and Morgan Fiegel-Stickles. To find out what music we used in this episode and to see original artwork, go to our website, storycorps.org. This is the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by supporters of StoryCorps, an independently funded nonprofit organization. Go to storycorps.org to learn more.